What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Live from WIP Studios in Huntington Beach, California, this is What's Your Position. On today's show, we talk about toxic purity with guest Darcy. With a taste of your lips, I'm on a ride. You're toxic, I'm slipping under. And now your host, Ashley Weller. Welcome, fellow humans, to another episode of What's Your Position, Season 3, all about toxic purity culture. Nice Britney Spears reference, bro. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Did you just type in toxic quotes? Actually, it was one of the first things that came up to my mind. Oh. When you said toxic, I was like, wait, song, toxic, oh, pretty spirits. You know what's funny is that's actually probably a very, like, like, excellent quote to give because of what Britney Spears symbolizes as far as purity is concerned. If you think about, like, the very first music video she ever made and how she was a good Catholic schoolgirl and just wanted to be kinky and get spanked. <laughs> That was a good times. Good times. <laughs> today, <Now> she's crazy. <laughs> today, we have a guest on the show that I am honored to introduce, Darcy, who I have known since I was 20 years old. So I've known you for 20 years. Yeah. Which is crazy. What? I know. We worked at Starbucks together, and we worked at the Starbucks on Harbor and Adams in Costa Mesa, right next to Vaughn's. And I remember she was my manager and I mentioned like my last name at the time was Jemison. And I remember she's like, wait, do you know Linda Jemison? And I'm like, well, yeah, because she's my aunt. (laughs) And she's like, wait, Linda Jemison of the doll hut? And I'm like, yes, the one and only. That's Linda's doll hut. You get it right. doll hut. Um, And we had this, very odd bond over the fact that I knew everyone you knew just in a Dave Mao, G Charles, yep. like Greg Antista, Steve Soto, all of these people who fucking name dropper. God, no one knows I who these just, names are. I, <laughs> oh, people know. Well, some people, OC know. people, but people on the East coast. Greg like, Antista just did Bruhiha at the OC fair. What is that? Uh, it's the first two concerts of the OC Fair is like a brewery beer. Oh, I thought it was the name ska. of his band. No, no, oh. no. But his band, his <laughs> band name. played. Oh, okay. Um, but they, yeah, he just played the OC Fair. Greg Antista's huge. Okay. By the Steve way. Soto, rest in peace. All right. Amen. People Steve absolutely Soto. know who Steve Soto is. Cheers to Steve Soto. Cheers to Steve Orange. Soto. Pass it on. And the adolescents. Yep. Cheers to all And of every that. other punk band he filled in for. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or inspired. But it was an interesting situation for me to know that someone at my work when I'm 20 years old knows of that part of my life. Because at that time, I was still very much going to the doll hut with my aunt and seeing bands and very much a part of her life with her friends. And so, but I was a very, I'm very like not rockabilly. So... (laughs) 
and Linda's doll hut very much was. And you, so it you was. You could do a good cosplay. I could do. I could do a pinup. I could do a pinup cosplay right. for sure, but not on the daily. That's right, just right. not. It's, as you sit next to someone with these bangs, right? Just, <laughs> yeah, that's the daily. That's the daily. This is the daily. <laughs> she can't pull off straight bangs like that. There's I. There, I can't have straight bangs ever. Like no. my hair won't allow for it. It's and, not. A and thing. when people with your level of curl oh, try yeah. and do bangs, it, not, it's a nightmare. It's a bad idea. It's a nightmare. Bad fucking plan. It's a really bad plan. Give me a little bit of info about. <laughs> our guest today Darcy who is a academic lecturer a program coordinator an advisor she is an author and a performer she combines educational experience um, as a low-income first-generation adult re-entry transfer student which I would like you to explain in just a second absolutely along with how she has included academic research that she has built connections through communities both inside and outside of higher education she holds a bachelor's and a master's in American studies from Cal State Fullerton and research areas include race and ethnicity gender and sexuality, <laughs> ideals and institutions, death, dying, and grief within American culture. So when we talk about cultural stereotypes, when we talk about social norms um, and social constructs, you're the person that knows the most. Because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. I know a lot. I don't know the most, but I know a lot. You know a lot. Yes. Uh, When she is not serving students and her community, Darcy enjoys spending time with her family, her friends, practicing magic. I have so many crystals to talk to you about. Podcasting and writing for cinema. uh, Centuries. What's cinema centuries? Cinema centuries is the movie website, movie review website. (gasps) Uh Uh-huh. Oh my God. She also loves reading hello books comedy and collecting jewelry and action figures okay and the paranormal so also so much more my academic bio (laughs) instead of the like i live in a haunted paranormal yeah and can we talk about your haunted house really quickly absolutely okay absolutely so uh one of my side gigs that i enjoy doing because it's a little perform it's like combines history and the paranormal and performance yeah it's it is really the sweet spot. Many of the God. friends that have been on the tour, are like this, absolutely makes sense for you. Oh yeah, uh, is I work as a tour, uh, a paranormal host and tour guide for Haunted OC, which is Orange County's premier uh, haunted entertainment. Has your mother done this? I don't think so. She's not really into the haunted house type of thing. Okay. she's a she's a ghost hunter it's... though. So here's the thing though, and okay. this is where uh, it's important to know. Uh, we are haunted historical tours, oh. so we are not jump scares. Love I that. don't like jump scares. No. No. I get punchy, and I don't want to hurt anybody. Like I'm, I like, do too. I'm just. Like, I get very oh. fight. Yeah. I get very fight. Very I don't fight. do flight. I do like I'll kill you. Yeah. So I don't want to hurt anyone. Gotcha. Um, and so the house, it is not a rigged house like some haunted and paranormal attractions are like, and then. A person like it's a room of stuffed animals, but someone's really a person. Like that's not my gig. That's not Haunted OC's gig. So um, most of the Haunted OC tours, there is uh, downtown Santa Ana, uh, Old Town Orange, downtown Fullerton, uh, San Juan Capistrano, and Black Star Canyon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Black Star Canyon. And those ones mostly take place outside. Like so, it would be like oh. This, like, referring to a building or a place and a story behind it. Um, The downtown Santa Ana one, when it is up, uh, those guests do often get the opportunity to go inside the Howe Waffle House, which is a Victorian house in Santa Ana where uh, Dr. Wilhelmina Howe Waffle 
was one of the, she, or she was the first female physician in all of Santa Ana. What? So it's very historic. It's a beautiful house, but it has a lot of activity. And what'd she do there? She, I mean, she was a doctor. She treated patients. She wow. people lived and died in that house. Um, wow. She was. Well, like she was a mad scientist. No, doctor. she wasn't. She yeah. was like a real doctor, and uh, so it's very historic for those reasons. And um, it's a gor- It's a gorgeous, gorgeous house. Uh, and she uh, did not pass away in that house. Like people have, you know. Oh, she died. But she actually she died away from the house. But. A lot of people came in and out, just like a place uh, very close to your heart and Linda's heart, the Queen Mary. Mm. A lot of people on and off that ship, right? A lot right? of people, a lot so of energy on that people ship. People pass away, a lot of energy in that house. Mm-hmm. So those are like some of the main ones. But then um, most recently, the Villa Montezuma in San Diego got added. So that's an <gasps> indoor tour, lantern lit tour. And then... Uh, lantern lit? Lantern oh lit. Because God. the Villa Montezuma used to be owned by a uh, medium. Oh. Yeah, right? So, so much energy. So much Holy energy. shit. Uh, and that one is like, I think it's only like 15 people. Like, it's very limited. And then uh, Kellogg House, we brought back. Oh, yeah. And so when I... A lot coming, of weddings at the Kellogg House. A lot of weddings. A lot of weddings. Uh, weddings of people we've, we know. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. have been there. And uh, when... Uh, you know, huge surprise to everyone already, I'm sure. I'm extroverted. No. What? Huh? Uh, I know. And uh, so coming out of the pandemic, I was like, I, I have to do I would something. like to do a thing. I'd like to do anything. I'd like to do anything right Anything now, that right? you have, I can do. And so I'd actually reached out because like I happen, I host and produce a podcast uh, for the CW network called Mysteries Decoded, which is a sister show, a sister podcast to their television show. Mysteries Decoded Mysteries on the Decoded, CW. On the CW. And so I did a companion podcast to that. And so. Is it still going? It, uh, we dropped the full season is out now. Eight episodes. We talk about uh, black eyed children, Bigfoot, hauntings, cursed objects. Uh, the Conjuring House, Witches. I just watched The Conjuring the other night. Area 51. Where can people find this podcast? Any place you get podcasts. Look for the all-seeing eye. Oh. Mysteries Decoded. Mysteries Decoded. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. So there's eight episodes, amazing guests. Like I had 17 incredible, wanted to talk to them for hours and hours guests. Shit. That we had to like trim down. Damn. But... Um, fantastic people that people can follow and and so in getting back like tying yeah. back into the paranormal yeah. and 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 ta- and and the show talks to like people have had experiences but also we talk like i get to talk um to a couple incredible academics some authors some people that have just been researching in the field for a long time like just really interesting folks you do so much though like you yeah. have your plate <laughs> I is know. your plate is not only full but it's almost like you're on a cruise buffet and not only bit. do you have ambrosia salad but you also have lobster bisque sure and and you have like a peanut thai salad absolutely alongside like penne regatte yep. from, from like I mean, you you got to try it all <laughs> You're doing paranormal podcasts. Yeah. You're doing movie reviews. Yep. You are lecturing. Yep. You are writing. Yeah. Um, what do you do Monday through Friday? What's your job job? So my day job is I work at a university and I am a senior program coordinator. Which means what? Which means that I oversee and execute academic and non-academic programming 
for in in my job six specific scholar communities so four of the scholar communities are first generation means that they're the first in their um family to go to college okay or maybe not the like their siblings may be going to college but like their parents or parent or supporter that generation is the first right they're the first um, then we have our merit-based scholars who are high achievers, the president scholars. So oh, they come okay. in, have very high grades. And then our guardian scholars who are our current and former foster youth. Oh, wow. And so uh, I support them through academic and non-academic programming and helping support the other folks in our center who also do programming. Um, I do like academic coaching and... Uh, Academic, a professional, like we try and touch base with the students on three different aspects, like the community aspect, the academic aspect, and the professional sure. aspect, right? Yeah. So hitting those kinds of pillars. So I work with a caseload. I work mostly with the juniors. So not okay. just what we call native, which means they started as a freshman there and moved their way up. Maybe they but, were transfers. Yes, or transfers, which I was. And then I also, one of the things I really love doing is I facilitate foster-friendly ally training, which I do with campus partners and community partners to help uh, educate others about uh, how to best support current and former foster youth in academic settings. And uh, I have a fantastic mental health partner in that who is a licensed clinical social worker. And he, at he usually is the one to teach on trauma-informed practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give them experimental, uh, experiential aspects that kind of unsettle the participants mm-hmm. in the same way foster youth are unsettled. Um, but it's really a lot of things that not only are you looking at supporting current and former foster youth, because I have foster youth on our campus that like will never identify them. Never, as. yeah. They will not, because they don't want to be seen as that sure. anymore. And that stigma, and it's traumatizing. It's traumatizing. And it gets and you, a, it, the stigma that sticks with you because of foster, because being in foster care or being adopted even is so heavy. And, yeah. And just if you say you're adopted, then you automatically feel like people are going to feel sorry for you. And then some people are like, the only reason they said they're adopted is because they want us to feel sorry for. It's just I can't. Like there's right. too many layers. And and this is one of the big things because at the end of the training, we also always have student voices. Oh, so nice. students are allowed yeah. to talk. Because here's the thing. I don't I I came from a challenging background but I was not in the system. Right. So I can be the bridge and I can be kind of the um facilitator that makes sure that they're having a non like I instead of the word triggering I use activating. Okay. Because of the fact that I've worked with veterans and folks that have experienced gun violence right. I'm trying not to use that terminology so if you hear me say activating that's what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh I don't want to reactivate anyone's trauma. Sure. And I tell everyone regardless of foster youth or not, no one has a right to your story. No. And that is another thing when people, oh, I'm adopted or foster youth, they're like, oh, what happened? Oh, tell me. Oh, do you know do you your want, birth mom? Do you, want, do you want someone coming to you to be like, tell me about the worst thing that ever happened in your life? <laughs> no. So, and I'm very proud that over the past couple of years, we have tripled our numbers and we have almost 400 wow. hours across community campus. I'm very proud of that. That's amazing. Yeah. And we just recently... Just speaks to the fact that they probably feel really comfortable and word of mouth is huge when it comes to something like that. Like if someone shares their story with a fellow person who's Ooh. been in foster care and that person's like, hey, by the way, there's something on campus that you should know about. 
word spreads and they feel like they can share their story, they feel like they can come to you, or they feel like they can access those services without feeling judgment or feeling reactivated. Yeah, I don't want them to be activated. I want them to feel judgment. And on top, and most of all, I don't want them to feel exploited. Right, like right, right. My students that have volunteered to be part of Student Voices, uh, it's because they have said they want to share. And I make sure that there are no surprises, that we talk through it as far as like, they like if we're sometimes we've done it in a panel like where I'm asking questions they all know the questions ahead of time right because I can sit with uh, bless people that want to be allies but I can sit with them for four hours or eight hours and then still at the end they'd be like what happened I'm like stop it stop asking where were you where have you been you're not getting credit for this uh, and so I I want I always want folks to feel comfortable yep but I also want folks to know that that is part of their story and part of their identity, but that is not how I see them. Right. I see them as a holistic yeah. human. That's amazing. Because that's really important. And it's nobody so wants to be uh, seen as like a pity party. No. No one. Like nobody uh, well, wants Well, some people do. Some people do. But normally. They're called narcissists. Yes. It's called narcissists. But so that is, that is what I do in the nine to five. And so, uh, and then I sometimes teach on campus, uh, sometimes in the American Studies Department. Uh, and I've also been teaching career and professional development. Nice. So I'll be teaching that again in the fall. That's been fun. That's fantastic. So at what you want to tell us the name of the school? Cal State Fullerton. Oh, there yep. you go. Cal State Fullerton. So nice. got my degrees, man. Uh, go, just go just Titans. Stay. Go, go Titans. Titans. That's right. Go Titans. Yeah. They have a great baseball elephant, team. Though, right? It's Tuffy. Tuffy uh, the Titan. It's a good one. And, he's uh, cute. Yeah, he's adorable. And they have a great baseball team. And actually, legitimately, I think one legitimate. of the best. Technically, I should uh, clarify. I believe it was uh, told to us a few years ago that Tuffy is actually a they. Oh. Yeah. Tuffy's a they. Tuffy's a they. Good job, Tuffy. Right? Good job, Go right? Tuffy. So uh so that those are the Love them. The day jobs. And then Haunted OC, I was like, okay, I would Do you get paid to do the Haunted OC? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do you get paid to do the podcast? Uh yeah, I did. Nice. Yeah. Not everyone like Man, I'd we, love that. Right? I would too. Trust me. They were like, <laughs> We'll give you this and I was like, I would I would do this for free, but okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll take money. It was it was uh it was a little bit wild because after doing podcasting and guesting on friends podcasts and stuff in, you know, much more DIY setups, sure. which is how most of us do podcasting. Hi, that would be us. The uh, first, <laughs> the first day I walked down to the Warner Brothers Ranch. Shut the fuck up. To record pre-shutdown because we started pre-COVID and then COVID and then finished at home. Uh, That's what she but said. But I, right. Uh <laughs> We started on the ranch and then we finished at home. <laughs> it sounds like a good wedding. It sounds like a um, Or horseback riding. I don't, I don't know. know. But uh, it it was, I walked in the first day and I was just like, when is the camera crew going to pop out? Right. And the, the team kept saying like, why do you keep saying that? I'm like, because this is surreal to me. Like I'm in a recording booth. Like I've done stuff before. And, the, and like my room producer, Dana, was so great. Like, what can I get you? What do you need? And I'm like, Oh, I am not bougie. No. Like, I am of the, pe like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm the DIY like, Trust podcast. me, I'm not going to be. I don't need be, the fucking things. Yeah, and one of my guests had called, he's like, do I need to bring my own equipment? I'm like, no, no, just wait. And then I get a text <laughs> from him, and he's like, this is amazing. I'm like, I know. So it was, it was an incredible experience. I'm so grateful for it. That's crazy. I'm so grateful it saw the light of day, because a lot of things that, stopped in covid did not did restart not. yeah uh and so that's the joy of the paranormal being timeless that's true <laughs> right? like, that's so being true. timeless um, also with people having so much time on their hands yes. like 
that's why we started this podcast was yeah. because I was supposed to start teaching. Yeah. And then jokes on me. <laughs> you, do you want to teach human sexuality in the fall of 2020? Absolutely. Yes, I do. Oh, wait a minute. You can't. <laughs> Guess so what? We did this where yeah. I could just educate anyone who would listen on things that I felt important. It's, a, to, it's so to important. Learn about. It's so important. Well, some of the some of them are. Mo, no, I feel like everything's important. But and, I, and here's the thing: it what you might think is a throwaway might hit someone else. You know really what? Important. Absolutely correct. Like, oh, I needed to hear that. Yeah, it's very true. It's very fucking true. Um, I have a a tip. Of the day. Yeah, let's hear this tip of the day. Wow, you were Johnny on the fucking spot with that. Like, normally? Wow. Literally one of my favorite pieces of music. I was about to say, I kind of want that just like when I'm working with students. Here you go. (laughs) Just push a button. Get them, really get their attention. Nathaniel Hornblow. Oh, nice. Wrote that. Fantastic. Virginity is a social construct. This is my tip of the day. We've had an actual entire ass episode on how virginity is a social construct. And I mention it frequently throughout the podcast. But I just want to remind you all that virginity is a social construct. It's not something you can hold in your hand. It's not something you can see. It is something that as a culture we have decided exists. It's a tool we use to mark a before and after. It is a tool that we rate the chastity of girls and the experience of boys. A pre-intercourse girl is pure and a pre-intercourse boy is inexperienced. A post-intercourse girl is defiled, impure, loose, or immoral, whereas a post-intercourse boy is experienced. Some cultures and communities place so much importance on virginity that they have virginity testing or virginity rituals where they stick their fingers into the so-called virgin and if she doesn't bleed, she is considered unpure and she is considered someone who has defiled her future husband. Because if there is blood, that means apparently she is a virgin. We have talked about it on this podcast, but I will say it again. The hymen does not exist for everyone. Some individuals don't have a hymen. Some hymens close over the opening of the vaginal canal. Some of them don't. Some of them are very small pieces of skin. Some people don't even have one. Some people's break when they use a tampon for the first time, when they ride a bicycle for the first time, if they fall and hurt themselves, if they ride a horse. The hymen and that piece of skin can tear repeatedly. It can grow back. It can stay gone. It is not a marker or an indicator of purity or impurity. It is a flap of skin. And the fact that cultures are still using this idea to promote purity in women is asinine to me. Virginity is also a social construct because it leaves out an entire population of people. If you say that virginity is the penetration of a vagina, you have left out the entire population of homosexual men because they don't penetrate vaginas. So they're virgins forever. You also leave out heterosexual men because they don't have a hymen. So if you can't break their hymen, are they virgins forever? So really is the only person we're placing this virginity construct on cisgendered heterosexual women who are maybe born with a hymen or maybe not. 
My tip of the day is for you to rethink your ideas around virginity and look at it as a social construct. Virginity isn't a thing. Your sexual experiences should be meaningful for you, should teach you something, should show you how to be intimate, should give you lessons each time, should be a way for you to explore your body. It should not be a lesson in morality or immorality. And that is my tip of the day. Oh. Sandwich it? I love the sandwich. I feel like it does need to be played twice, though. It's so meaningful. I was hoping. I was like, is he going to play it the second time? I didn't do it. It was a ghost, guys. Perfect. <laughs> See? Haunted. To be fair, I don't think I bring ghost places, but the the Kellogg house where I do do the tours that is that is the cool thing I was gonna say too is like it is indoors so we're inside an old Victorian house for yeah. most of the tour so maybe I could I don't know a little ghost in my pocket little just little, little attachment just a little boop little try Casper not, try not to have an attachment hang on to him just for him and then take him back just yeah maybe he wants to go on I'm a vacation there, I'm there a few times a month so I, it's like I mean maybe he just wants to get out of the house every once in a while a change of custody don't we all uh, <laughs> The origin of purity culture or the faith-based purity movement from my research goes back to the 90s. Yes, for you too? I, yes, but the, I mean, it. yes and. Yes, yes and. and, right? Yes. Good improv. It is yes, good improv. Thank you. thank you. Really, evangelical Christians of the 1960s um, started believing that society's problems like the rise of HIV and AIDS epidemic in the 70s and the 80s and the increase in STIs and teen births in the 1990s could all be placed back on purity and virginity culture. Not the fact that no one was being educated about sex education during those days. We can't blame it on that. Responsibility. God. And evangelical Christians really set forth this idea that we need to focus on abstinence until marriage. And Ronald Reagan, Mm. God damn it, (laughs) fuck that guy, really began the- The actor? (laughs) The actor. The actor. Yeah. Terrible cowboy. Really brought this idea forward and it was passed on to the Bushes. And even in the Clinton administration, there were millions, if not billions of dollars being poured into abstinence-only education and purity culture, the idea of taking a vow of purity or uh, what is it? Oh, God, what is it with the ring that says? uh, Oh, like the purity ring? Yeah, it has a saying on it. Well, I... You're not talking about like the Mormon choose the right ring, are not you? Not the choose the right, okay. but there's another ring. It's like, will not fuck or something. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's a saying. I would absolutely. Like, I think it, like there's been ones like, I, I will fuck. wait or right. like, yeah, I, I mean, will wait. Here's there's the another one. Too. If there's a way to market in oh. the world of Christianity, <laughs> they on. have found it. Good uh, God. Prime example. Jesus action figures. Well, I have those. I do have those. I have two of those, actually. I have a couple. It's amazing. Uh, I, I have a Jesus. He's still MIB mint in box, but I got from a Christian bookstore once oh. uh, a Jesus action figure where it was like, and it came with a collector's card to show you like scenes from the Bible. And mm. I kid you not, the collector's card that came with my Jesus action figure was the crucifixion. Oh, okay. swear to you swear to you but 
<laughs> in addition to that, uh, when I was uh, in my real churchy time. Oh, yeah, I did churchy time, real, too. Real churchy time. How long did you do? Oh. Uh, like it's a prison sentence? Kind like, of is. <laughs> I... 20 plus years oh god yeah 20-ish years in there were they your formative years teenage in mm. teenage years uh mine was like 10 to 18 yeah so i came in to church like my parents were like my dad was an immigrant but he was very like spiritual and like god and i have an agreement because my dad uh my dad suffered horrible sexual abuse at the hands of the Church of England. Okay. Yeah. So my dad didn't didn't love church. He Great. was surprised, right? Shocking. Um, shocking. Had, yeah, shocking. Uh, and like could not even be in a, a church building if there's a Corpus Christi on the wall. Oh, or yeah. if the, the pastor or priest would be in robes. Oh, yeah. Just he couldn't be inside. And uh, so it was kind of like... Like, you know, I was, I was taught like as a kid, like, oh, you, you say your prayers or whatever, but not, it, there was not like religion in the house. And oh, so okay. I got taken, you know, I bless parents who are like, someone's like, oh, we'll take them for an afternoon or whatever. So I was like taken to a Mormon church for a while as a kid with my neighbors that didn't really like, I was like, okay. Yeah. And then, uh, I, Went to vacation Bible school at oh, yeah. junior high. Right? Sure, sure, sure. I did the same. I went to a church camp right. for a weekend. Like, like we were not, we were not financially good. And then like my friend's family was like, "Do they want to go to this free thing? We'll it's sponsor like, the sure. trip." Yeah, right. So it was like okay. So things like that. Um, and I think I started kind of being on a spiritual path like in junior high because I was searching for something. I'm also a big feeler. So mm. I think like looking for that meaning and the family aspect, that, the feeling those kinds of, of things, community. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but then also feeling like an outsider most of my life. Right. So of course I want those questioning things, things yeah. that you're not supposed to question. Yeah. So right. I asked a question of my youth pastor once I was like, is like, is there snowboarding in heaven? I mean, that's important. I would really like to know. Right. If there is snowboarding in heaven and am I allowed to have sex in heaven? Like I used to pray every night before I went to bed. Every single night I had to say my prayers and my prayers went like this. Dear God, thank you for my family. For my family. Thank you for, thank my, for friends. my friends. Please don't Please let don't me die, die a virgin. virgin. Please, Please let, let me have, me have sex, sex before the second, second coming. coming, coming. <laughs> Raising. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like I literally would pray to not, because they all talked about the second coming. It was happening. Yeah. In, oh, yeah. in my teenage years, Jesus was coming back. Revelations was happening. The earth was going to get taken over by sinners, and we were all going to get resurrected into heaven. So the church... I just really wanted to come before that happened. Sure. The church I went to wasn't talking about that. Okay. I remember being... But here's like... I remember being at a party one night, like a, a hangout party, not like a party, but like... A kickback. A kickback, yes. And uh, I remember one of the guys was like... Well, you know about the rapture, right? And oh I'm like, my God. I was like, what? And they're like, the I'm rapture. being activated. And then Jesus. I was like, no. Ooh. And then he like laid it all out. And he was not a Christian, but he had been taught all this. And I was just like, what? Uh, and it freaked me out. Like, I can't even watch. I can't even watch end of the world movies as a grown adult because I get such bad dreams. So I was just like, I'm going to get beheaded. <laughs> I'm going to get beheaded. Yeah. And so 
people are going to fall like the planes people are going to get taken to heaven planes are going to fall out of the sky because captains of airplanes are going to get taken in the resurrection and the bad people are going to get left behind left behind behind was the scariest fucking series in the entire world i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you that i was i went on a date with a guy from a bible study once oh my god he was real pretty (laughs) um but his idea of our date was come over we'll have dinner and then i want to show you this movie with Ke- Kirk, Cameron Kirk. And he showed me Left Behind. Left Behind with and Cameron I Kirk. Like, I was like, this Kirk Cameron? Kirk Cameron? Yeah, Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron. Kirk okay. Cameron. But I like Cameron Kirk. <laughs> That's good too. Um, He's the porn version of. Yes. Rule 34, <laughs> right? Rule 34. It's, it's, there it is. So uh, I was just like sitting there like, how, what is that? Like, how am I on this how date How is right this now? date happening? <laughs> how is this and date I've had ending? some doozies of date, but that was like, Hmm. Okay. Uh, your belief pool is different than mine. Right. And that is fine. The intensity. The intensity, yes. A little high. But when I uh, when I started going to church as a teenager, I had just... Uh, I'm so sorry if I'm making noise with this table over here, Robin. Yeah, we have to make so much noise. It's fine. We have uh, a fan. It's fucking 95 degrees in Huntington Beach. I don't give a I shit. I just crash into things. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, <laughs> in a china shop. Uh, but I started going to church as a teenager, right? Like literally, I kid you not, like a month or two after I lost my virginity. Oh, shit. And so... So you couldn't take the will not fuck pledge. I couldn't take... Well, but here's the thing. Me just wanting to fit in, I was like, tell no one. <laughs> tell no one, but feel constantly like you're at a deficit. Oh, yeah. And then what made it compoundingly worse is that uh, I had another, like, a few boyfriends down the road. Sure. Uh, he was sexually abusive. Oh, which, but honestly, because of purity culture, because of what religion feeds people as an idea of what women's sexuality is. There's a very horrible analogy that was done at my church where let's hear it. They got a rose and they had all the girls. Okay. Not the boys. Mm-hmm. Just Never the boys, just the girls. The boys stood off to the side and there was like seven or eight of us and they handed us a white rose because white, white as snow is pure, pure, pure. They handed us a white rose and they told us to pluck a, f- a petal and throw it on the ground and pass it to each person. And we had no idea. They were like, here's a rose, smell the rose, pluck a petal and pass it to the next person. And by the time it got around the circle, this rose was like m- mutilated, decimated, decimated. And they were like, that is what happens when you have sex before marriage. Uh-huh. You become a dead flower, a dead, ugly, unwanted awful flower yep no one will ever want nobody wants no one wants you yeah i'll take them so (laughs) so what that does is create this sense of ownership within the women Mm -hmm. of of the christian church right Mm -hmm. to say it's my job to be pure yep it's my job to not have sex it's my job to not tempt men and it's my job to uphold this purity and if i can't do that i'm a whore and if somebody wants to have sex with me they should be able to do that there's also all of these 
uh, rules in the Bible and rules in Christian communities where if you are with a man, you don't get to say no to him when he wants to have sex because women do not have as much sexual desires as men as far as the Christian community is concerned. Women are less sexual. So if your significant other wants something from you, you really can't say no because they want something more than you do. So you have to keep them happy. And it's really like... One, it's also, I think, a real misinterpretation of the Bible. Oh, for sure. Because we're talking about like, you know, women give unto your husbands... But when you then, uh, hey, everybody, Jesus was a feminist, just a heads up, and probably married to Mary Magdalene. Well, most likely. Because uh, most rabbis would be married. Yeah. He was a rabbi. Yeah. And if he wasn't, they would have said something. Jesus was Jewish. I don't know if people know this. He's a Jew. He's a Jew. Jesus was totally Jewish. He's like... Which means there is a completely different doctrine that he was following than Christians believe, or Catholics. Well, and... And they adopted him because they're like, this guy's pretty fucking cool. He's got long hair. He's got a mustache. He's like saying all this cool shit. Like, we should just adopt this guy. And then they fucked everything he said twice over and baked it on Sunday. Well, one of the things that I... Like, so I'll give some historical context. This is where the academic part Here comes it is. in for me. <laughs> so when we talk about Christianity in evangelical Christianity in the United States, <sighs> that... You mean the far right? Well, this is what we're going to talk about, right? Because when we are looking at uh, evangelical Christianity and the conservative right... Mm-hmm do not really start linking until the late 60s, early 70s right. in our country. Yes. And this is where uh, the anti-communists, yep. uh, anti, like anti-Semitic, anti-women, anti-women, all these things, and it's like, oh, we can get on board with this, right? How do we push our agenda? Oh, let's talk about family. Let's talk about creating life. Let's talk about promoting uh, a good genetics and good schools and good morals and putting money in the pockets of politicians who can push these laws forward. Right. And, and you're also dealing with, and, and this is where we have to like think about, cause it's hard when we're not in it. Right. To think about these things that many of the people, especially like being in orange County behind the orange curtain, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Right. But you had the military industrial complex. Yep. Orange County was a military town El for many years. Yeah. El Toro's right there. Hey, shout out to Terry Weller, my father-in-law, who just recently passed away. We are dedicating this season to him, and he was based at El Toro in the 1970s. Thanks for your service, Thank Terry. you for your service, Terry. And uh, rest well. And rest well. Um, so you, ha- you have this military complex. So you have a lot of people that have come out of not just... The Korean War, mm-hmm. but then the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And so anything... And the Cold War. And the Cold War, right? Yeah. And so we have all these things happening and anything that looks anything like communism... Oh, yeah. They have to fight against because if not, what is their purpose for annihilating people? Right. Right? This is a weird... like, And please understand, I am in no way in favor of the Confederate South. I am not. But part of the reason that that mindset and that ideology has not died fully is because what happens when you have a war, your family dies, family, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people die, and then you lose. 
if it is for nothing, then what was it for? So right? you there's have a to make it be worth there's a, something. There's a really good book called This Republic of Suffering, all about the Civil War, and talking about wow. not just the national cemetery system, but that ideology of like, wh- why has that come back so hard? That's why. They needed to give it purpose and reason. Okay. That actually right? makes sense. It doesn't, doesn't mean it's right. No, no, no. But it make, it, you have to have this purpose, right? And the all same All these thing, people died. What was the reason if not for something to stand for? And if you have someone who represents that, who's this person who can represent that for you in right the country you're gonna back that person so then you think about people and veteran and i'm a daughter of a veteran daughter-in-law of a veteran like mm-hmm. i work yep. with vets but let's say you go off to war and you kill people because they've been made into the enemy right and so if you don't stand behind the idea and i know many veterans that are like I got out, that is not my thing anymore. So this is me not generalizing veterans as a whole by any means. But if you still hold on to that ideology and those beliefs and that you have this duty and this purpose, you then will continue to fight against that. And so you will continue to have that confirmation bias and be reinforced into anything that looks like the very thing you were fighting against. Right. So this is why equity and equality for so many people especially of that generation is hard yeah because it looks like the very thing they were told to hate and vehemently fight against right right so you have that you also have in the 60s and 70s uh some things that come along called oh i don't know uh, sexual revolution sexual revolution free love free love uh betty friedan and oh, the yeah. feminine mystique. Hell yeah. Uh, the rise of... The feminist culture. The feminist culture, mm. right? Uh, women of color mm. trying to take their power. Trans women of color Trans starting women. Stone Stonewall Black riots. Pa- Black Panthers. Black yes. Panthers. So you have all these things coming up in the midst of like people going like, oh, this looks a lot like the thing we fought against. Yep. And so they get pushed to the other side. Right. And so when you think about, you know, one one of the, were you ever exposed to the now since apologized for book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye? No, but I read about it. And he's actually come forward and said, yeah, he is said, I am so sorry that so I wrote sorry. that. That was not my intent. I can't believe that I did that. I don't, Explain. I'm, what is this book Okay, about? so. Uh, yeah. Super for, evangelical Christian. Uh, so, uh. There is a book that came out in the 90s called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And uh, the gentleman that wrote it uh, basically purported as a young 20-something something, year old yeah. that you shouldn't date people. Nope. That it should be just about like... Finding your marriage. Courting. Yep. And friendship. And like no even going towards dating unless like you're ready to marry. You should never date. You should never flirt. You should never get any sexual feelings towards someone until you're ready to marry them. And then you still should not kiss and you should not do anything physical with them until you are married. Until you're married. Um, And And if you do, you lose all morality. You lose all like viability as far as like like a... uh, a human being who's worthy of love, a human being who's worthy of God's love, a human being who's worthy of your family's love. It is a gigantic book of shame. 
And when he wrote this, he was like, dating is for the weak. Dating is for whores. Dating is for sluts. And dating is not for anyone who believes in purity culture whatsoever. Yeah, Joshua Harris is the author of the book. And he has he has come, by, yep. come out and said, like, I'm so sorry. But I'm going to tell you, as a young woman who was who had had experiences and was dating and again feeling so much shame for my sexual experiences and my desires oh yeah and also dealing with abuse i couldn't talk about because you couldn't talk about abuse because you weren't supposed to be doing that in the first place right so it's kind of your fault right like it was a whole it was right so many layers to it and you were probably wearing something that made him want you to have sex with him probably 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 even though i was such a tomboy (laughs) such a tomboy (laughs) To the point where in college people were like, "You're a lesbian, right?" And I'm like, "No." Wow, rude. And then also they're like, "Assumptive." Like, yeah. And then someone in my theater department was telling everyone I was, which oh. I was like, uh, "I have no problem with lesbianism, but I am not one." So maybe don't make that assumption. Maybe don't tell people that. It was weird, um, but it it was. I was dating a guy, and um, you read that book. <laughs> he. One day, this is just right in this wheelhouse. Um, after we had already had sex, by the way, great. We went to the mall to recommit ourselves to our purity. God damn it! To buy purity rings. Great. Um, <laughs> yep. You went to the mall to yeah. buy purity rings. This I mean, is the first fucking right. Problem. You went to the mall to cool. buy purity rings, even though we had had sex. And uh, he, we got into the car, and he's like, "I think you should listen to this," and he put on. Like the audiobook of it. Oh my God. And I was like, and it wasn't about like, I feel really convicted about like, you should listen to this. Yeah, you. You should listen to the this. The one who I had sex with. The one who I had sex with. You should with. probably listen to this because it's your fault. Yeah. By the way, the phrase is, I will wait. I will wait. That's I will the phrase. Wait. It's written on a ring. I, I looked it up. There's many, but I saw that too, yes. but there's many that people write. So I'm, I'm going to give my statistic of the day and then we are going to take a quick break. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to tell you a statistic that has uh, something to do with the percentage of young girls, you don't get to look, young girls who this year will take an abstinence pledge. Either I will wait or choose the right or I won't fuck. Whatever the purity cha- the purity pledge is that they're about to take, this percentage, this is what we're going to talk about in the statistic of the day. It's the stat of the day. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's the stat of the day. It so is. It's the stat of the day. According to a J Marriage and Family Journal article from 2016, this percentage of girls slash young women will take an abstinence pledge this year. What percentage, and I'm going to tell you right now, in the 2020 census, there were 21 million individuals classified as young women or girls. So between the ages of 12 and 18, there was 21 million of those individuals in America. In America. What percentage of them will take an abstinence only purity pledge this year? We always go to the guest first. 60%. 60%. Okay. I'm going to go with my classic 69. Okay. 
Just as an FYI to the audience, while you formulate your answers and while we prepare for our first uh, break, 70% of individuals have had sex by the time they turn 19. So while people might be taking a purity pledge, 70% or 5 million people of that 20 it's a lot of a lot of those young people are having sex before they turn 19 years old even with these purity pledges even with the the ideology that is forced upon individuals in schools that teach abstinence only or schools that teach uh, christian based curriculum only 13 School, only 13 states in this country require sex education be medically accurate. So the rest of the states can... 13? 13. <laughs> only 13 require medically accurate sex education. And how many of those are Republican-owned? None of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I knew that percentage. None of them. None of them. Of the states that have uh, abstinence-only-based education, the top five... Uh, of STI and teen pregnancies in the country are in states that require or that have abstinence only education and most of the individuals who have these purity pledges come from those states so when we get back from this break I will go ahead and reveal the statistic of the day Um, what percentage of young girls and young women will take an abstinence pledge this year while we take our break take a moment And look up purity balls. We'll be right back. Want to get something off your chest? Have a burning sex question? Call now for a chance to be live on air with What's Your Position? 513-6969-SEX. That's 513-6969-739. We will answer your questions, hear your comments, and play you live on air. Call us soon. Welcome back, fellow humans. Speaking of Jews, I love Neil Diamond. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, we're talking about Jesus and then Neil Diamond. I didn't know Neil Diamond was Jewish. He is the second coming. (gasps) Yeah, it's got the long hair. I mean. Oh, my God. And he's fantastic. I I think. Talk about Jesus. I think he was gay. Dude, 12 disciples. He had 12 dudes following him. I think he may have been bi. Okay, I'm okay with that. But he definitely, Alexander he definitely the liked Great? the dudes. Alexander the Great was bisexual. And there's a lot. Here's the thing. I love that people that are not informed are just like, this just showed up. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. No, bro. No, not bro. 
No, it did not. And that's for no. me. Like I hate all religion, every single. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but, but I believe that there was a Jesus. I think there's been scientific fact that there's been a no, that, dude that human existed. Yeah, so I'm yes. okay with that. If science he proves really, it, no, he really existed. All of the but magic. Mar- that but Mary surrounds. definitely cheated on Joseph. Definitely cheated on Joseph. Mary did not get immaculately in- incepted. No, no, that's not a thing. Everything I've learned from this podcast, don't think that's possible. Um, are we gonna lose the conservative right audience? We don't have a conservative right audience. And if we do, I, so. I wish Thanks they would listen. So they could learn some fucking things. They might. But I feel like this is educational for a lot of people. I call them cowards. They're too much of a pussies to listen to this podcast. They would just <laughs> get really angry and probably Cause, cause turn it off. It's the truth. It's the truth. I, but we just, have listeners from every state except two. North Dakota, hmm. oddly enough. Okay. And then something on the East Coast. I want to say Rhode Island. I want to say that. What's going on, I'll Rhode Island? I'll look it up. I don't know. Um, it's upsetting. I <laughs> I love uh I just lost my thought there. I just got I just love I love things. I love, love things too. I love things. I uh, love people. Here, oh I love no, things. I know what it was. Because you dropped you dropped the P word. You dropped pussy. Oh, and I learned last night from a friend of mine a new word, a new kind of uh at maybe not maybe not new, but new to us in America okay. word for uh, slang for female genitalia. Is it slang for female genitalia or slang for being a coward? Slang for female genitalia. Fantastic. Lay it does it start with a C? I'm just kidding. Yes, oh. it actually oh. does. It's okay. not cunt. It's, it's cunny? Not, no. Clunge. Clunge. <laughs> yes. That, that's a metal band. You, so, come right? On. You stole I also think it's band. an old-timey <laughs> job you had because, okay, so here's... A clunger. <laughs> A clunger. I had to pull some clunge. So there is currently, uh, my friend is a major Arsenal football fan. Okay. And we were talking that one of the Arsenal players is currently on trial for domestic violence. Okay. Not great. No. Not great. And his, Not surprising. Not surprising. Mm. Uh, and his uh, texts were released. And there was a text in which he said, I can't wait, something to the effect of, I can't wait until she leaves so I can go to the bar, go to the bar and pull some clunge. <laughs> it wasn't an autocorrect? No. Clunge. Clunge. And he looked it up. He was like, I didn't think at this age I could find a new slang term for this. And it indeed is. Wow. Yeah, clunge. We got to put that in the lexicon of what's your position. That's a t-shirt. Clunge. The clunge. Pulling the clunge. Uh, North Dakota and Delaware are Thank the two you. states that <laughs> don't listen to this podcast. Yes. Hi. Oh, yet. we're in I'm Delaware. I'm in Delaware. <laughs> For those of you old enough to know Wayne's World. <laughs> oh, look. We're in Delaware. <laughs> I've got a gun. Let's go to a Broadway <laughs> show. Your statistic of the day yes. was me asking you what percentage of young women this year will take an abstinence-only pledge. I said 60. Rob said 69. It's 12. 12%. 12%? I'm out glad, of 20, I'm that low, though. Out of okay. 21 million young girls of the census in 2020, that leaves 2 million who are taking a... That's still a lot of that's fucking a, people. 2 million young girls are going to take an abstinence-only pledge. And only about four of them, four percent of them, are going to stick to that. Which means you're going to have a lot of girls who have either confusion, shame, guilt, or rage. So, like half of them are not going to do it. You said twelve. Oh, like six. a third of, like two thirds of two them thirds. aren't oh, going to gotcha. stay with that well, pledge. And I think also too, they will 
maybe they won't stick to it as far as in practice, but they will claim they're sticking to it. Correct. And, you know, I actually heard a pastor give a very good analogy for sex once, believe Ooh, it or not. Okay. He basically said, like, the way that we teach sex in church is as if I told you your whole life, you cannot drive a car or you will die. You will die, you will die, you will die. You cannot drive a car, you cannot drive a car, you cannot drive a car. And then you turn 16 and they're like, okay, drive a car. And the same thing with sex. You can't have sex, you can't have sex, you can't have sex until you're married. You can't have sex. Bad things will happen. You get married. Okay, now have sex. I'm going to do you one better. Yes. Are you ready for this analogy? I'm ready. It's the analogy I give in my classes. Yes, please. Imagine that you are told your entire life cars will kill you. They absolutely are going to kill you and you can't drive cars ever because you don't know how. And you're actually, if you drive a car, you're like the worst kind of person. Sure. Then one day you're told to get in a car with someone else who has never driven a car. And both of you have to drive this vehicle with zero knowledge of how to drive a car at all. And you have to get from point A to point B safely in the car with both of you who know nothing about driving a car. Neither one of you has any fucking clue. That's horrifying. Terrifying. Sex is a normal human behavior. The crazy thing is- I'll stop you right there. It's a normal animal behavior. Animal behavior. Every fucking animal any, basically Any animal, this. flies well, have sex. Yeah. Fly, insects. There are- uh, There's uh, some asexual ones. All the frogs make, like do themselves. Frogs can change gender. Right. Same with seahorses. And fish. And fish. Yeah. And uh, there are a, a species of primate that use sex to solve conflict. Right. Instead of fighting, they just- do it. They just Dude, fuck. That sounds like a reality do show. Let's do it. Right? Do you and me, baby. Primate Island. Primate Island. <laughs> it's a normal human behavior. And the fact that we use it as a manipulative tool to tell women that they are less than or that they are responsible for the morality of the world is disgusting first of all, um, and more wrong than you can imagine. So because of purity culture, the rate of HPV, teen pregnancies, and sexual assault within relationships is exponentially higher, especially within states that promote abstinence only. So Mississippi, Louisiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, and Texas have some of the highest rates of teen pregnancy, have some of the highest rates of STIs and have some of the highest rates of domestic violence within teenage relationships than any other state in the United States. America as a whole has some of the highest rates of all of those things as a first world country because we don't educate people about this natural human behavior. The hormones that course through us from the time we hit puberty. And instead of saying everyone who participates in this behavior has a responsibility, we basically say, women, you are responsible for not dressing like anything. You're responsible for controlling your emotions and your hormones. You're responsible for saying no to men, although when you say no, you're a prude and you will get made fun of. But mm -hmm. stay steadfast, because when you get to your husband, you will be an intact rose. Yeah. And your husband will appreciate that more. Oh, yeah. And Which is bullshit. Well, it, it's totally... Because who wants to have sex 
with someone who's never had sex. That's such a fucking awkward. So That's why I don't understand like Islam where they're like the 22 virgins. I don't like, want 22 ew, virgins. dude. I want 22 I, whores, dude. I, I had a, I had a yeah. joke. That sounds like fucking heaven. I had a joke in my act about like the idea that because uh, uh, apparently not only do the men get 22 virgins, but so do the women. And I was no, like. No, no, no. Really? They didn't. No. No, I'm saying oh, no, thank no, you. No, but that's what I was saying. Oh. <laughs> I was like, in my act, I was like, oh my God. That would just be like the most, like just 22 dudes trying to do the around the arm, like scratch. Oh, oh my God. 20, 22 dudes, uh, 22 guys like grabbing your boob like it's a weird stuffed animal because they don't they don't know anything about 22 it 22 guys rubbing your left labia yeah. instead of your clit not understanding that they should have clipped their nails like so so many oh, things and none of them showered none of them none no. of them oh. showered. my gosh no. 22 versions sounds like a nightmare that's yeah. a nightmare well, scenario and i think the other thing that people have to recognize as well and i i saw this a lot where this idea of waiting until marriage and waiting until you are married when hormones are at an all time high, Correct. it pushes people into false intimacy mm-hmm. and pushes people who maybe should not get married. Correct. To like 18 get married. Right. And then it's like, Oh, they got divorced or they're in unhappy situations or, or they have children or the thing that, that hurts my heart so much as uh, somebody who vehemently supports the LGBTQIA plus communities is people who are forced themselves into cisgendered heterosexual relationships when they are in fact, when they are none of those, none of those things and, or people that can't live their true identity. So they're just known as a bachelor. Yeah. Right. Like, and Though, but to be a bachelor as a man is so much more acceptable in society than to be a spinster. Well, you as can't a be woman. an old maid, Ash. No, you can't. No, you have to get married. And I, re- I remember saying to someone because I, I didn't get married until my thirties, my mid thirties, and I remember someone from my church community being like, "Oh, you, you know, you'll find someone, blah blah blah, all this stuff." Like, one, I've never had trouble dating. <laughs> I've not, been, I've been fine. I'm fine. Fine. Everyone settled down, uh, but. <laughs> Still good now. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding, Sean. Uh, super kidding. I'm kidding. Look Your husband at- is super handsome, by the way. Thank you. He's a he's he's a Viking. He's a Viking. He's a tall dude. Straight up fucking Viking dude. He's like, a six five and a half. And uh, the beard on this man is aggressive. He the beard is currently not happening. No. Well, here's why. Working public facing during the pandemic, uh, he had to wear a mask, and then mm-mm. the mask would dent the beard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Couldn't have a dented no, beard. No, no, no. But still, I definitely I'm, had the dented beard. Yeah, dented beard. <laughs> yep. And uh, most recently, I was with some students at a leadership event at Disneyland, and <sighs> as we finished up the event, some of our uh, spouses came to meet some of us in the park. Like mm-hmm. we hadn't seen them all week, and one of my students, <laughs> she's like, "That's your husband." And I was like, yeah. She's like, okay, queen. <laughs> and I was like, I had so many questions that are not appropriate to ask my student, but I just wanted to be like, what did you, who did you think I was married who, to? I, I want to know what, what you thought. What did you think was Because like, I get life. that I am ger- like very goofy, very nerdy. Like I almost said Gertie. That's a different Actually, condition. that's like goofy and nerdy. That's another word for a vagina. Yeah. A Gertie. A Gertie. The old yeah. Gertie. Chung- chungy. Chungy. Clunge. <laughs> Chunky, we can make it chunky too. 
Man, her chungy. Ooh. That sounds, yeah. <laughs> You're being very chungy right now. You're such a chungy. So God, chungy. But, uh, you know, I remember this person from my church saying like, oh, you'll find someone. And I said, that's, <laughs> thank, you. Thank, thank you, one. But two, like, uh, that's, and I said to him, it's so easy for you to say, because you've been married since your early 20s. Ugh. I was like, you have no idea what it is like to date now. Mm. Um, and I especially have no idea what it is to date now. No. Because I'm just like, how, how do y'all keep from being on Dateline? And I mean, <laughs> as the lead story, right? Like, how is my, my Twitter friend Josh Mankiewicz not reporting on more of you? Because... <laughs> Right? It's scary out there. Terrifying. It's terrifying. And and it's hard work. It's hard. And then I see like one of my favorite TikTok trends is when the women put together the montages of all the same photos that guys are using. And a couple of my friends are dating apps. And so I've with my guy friends, I'm like, I want to see your photos. I need to see your photos. I <laughs> need to see what you're putting out in the world. Photos. Uh, I'll, show you my, I'll show you mine later. OK, because yeah. my one friend is a fisherman, but he's oh, like, he's no. like, no, but Darcy, no, but he's like, he's like. I don't have any pictures holding a fish. Like nobody wants that. I was like, that's right. Nobody wants that, sir. Do you know who wants that? The girls from Mississippi and Texas who have taken a purity pledge. Sure. Because that's my friend Justin is a professional fisherman and he's married to a very pretty girl. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it can happen. <laughs> but did he lure her with pictures Ooh, of a fish? Lure, pun. lure right? her? Hello. Well uh, no, they're high school sweethearts. So, right. <laughs> but then again, like, and again, it's like that whole, you know, it's like the two that seem to come up a lot are the holding the fish. Yeah. And then the standing on top of the mountain with arms wide. With the arms open. Right. Or mm-hmm. my favorite one, guys just have other people in the photo. It's like, who are, who are you? Which one are who you? Who the fuck are you? And who's, that? who's her? Why is she in this Why photo? is she in that There's photo? a baby. Yeah, why is there a baby? Whose baby is this? I went on, years ago, a guy I met online. Uh, I went on a date. And like, we had been chatting for a while before we went on the date. And he had said he had a kid. And I was like, okay, how old is she? And he's like eight. And I'm like, okay, great. Eight is a good, that's a good it's age. A great age. There's been enough time, like all that. No diapers to change. No diapers to change. Yeah. And also f- like hopefully far enough away from that relationship. Yeah. That that's maybe not drama. And right. you know, it's if this age. goes somewhere, yeah. I can be friendly with the ex, whatever. Yeah. And then we met and I saw his truck and I'm like, why is there a car seat in your car? And he's like, yeah, I told you I had a daughter. I'm like, yeah, you said she was eight. He's like, yeah, eight months. Ah. Nope. Ah. He also catfished me a little bit because <gasps> he, in his photos, was a very tall, broad-shouldered, lumberjack-looking guy in Got the photos. It. Right, right, right. Except, like, uh, Jack Spratt showed up, like, tall beanpole, like, so thin. Like, And I was like, that's not what you look like That is not photos. the same. That's not the same. And you lied about the year. Like, that's the, she's not even a year. Not even a year. Like, that's that's too close. That's sneaky. That was, uh, yeah. He also uh, was very condescending. God, red and flags, like 9,000 red flags. Like, you're the con- NASCAR of red flags. And, Ash, you've known me a long time. And you know I'm hilarious. Right. Uh, and I said, you're, you're very condescending. And he was like, you just don't get a dry sense of humor. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I love mansplaining. We're, oh. God, I love that. So much. God damn it. Uh, being a nerd, mm. I go to a lot of comic conventions and different horror conventions, all those. And uh, my favorite is when shirts I have bought, like for myself, 
with fun nerdy aspects sure. uh men come up and ex- explain what you're me. wearing mm-hmm. <laughs> i have a shirt uh ashley knows deeply of my love of Kiefer sutherland because it's been a long time uh and i have a santa Who actually met snowboarding i did actually yeah i met, I wrote, I met him at sorry. the troubadour i rode a lift with him i rode a, a chairlift with nice. him and talked to him it's the longest chairlift in mammoth it takes 20 minutes it goes from side to side you and keith and his, and the bartender that my husband and I had got drinks from the night before, and he was hanging out with our bartender, and our bartender sat down and was like, Mulligan! She called me her Mulligan, because every time I walked up to her, she forgot my drink, even though I was tipping her really well. She's like, I'm so sorry, I keep forgetting your drink. You're my Mulligan. And I'm like, no problem. The next day, I got on a chairlift. She was like, Mulligan. And I'm like, bartender. And I looked next to her, I was like, Kiefer! And he's like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Kiefer fucking Sutherland. And we sat there and chatted about, you know, life. Yeah, I met him at the a show to the Troubadour. Love the Troubadour, by the way. Uh, such a great venue. And uh, I was there seeing uh, Rocco DeLuca. And, oh. and then uh, some other... I haven't heard that name in for years. Long too. time, right? Wow. Me too. Rocco yeah. DeLuca, but then some other people we knew were opening. And, uh, and Joel Beers from the OC Weekly was nice. there. And I said... Okay, Joel, what is Kiefer here? He's like, yeah, he's right over there. As a matter of fact, he's sitting like, at the table. Ah! So I went and talked to him. He was lovely. Um, and then I realized, like, maybe too short for me. It's okay. Um, but short. my love of Kiefer has uh, brought me this amazing shirt that I got at a horror convention. And it is a mashup of the Santa Cruz Skateboards logo with the screaming hand. But it is him as uh, David from the Lost Boys. Oh, <laughs> And then yeah. it says Santa Carla. I love it. I love it. It hits the skater in me. It yeah. hits the horror person yeah. in me. Yeah. And I was wearing this. And this guy walks up. He's like, uh, so that shirt. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I bought it. This and then, motherfucker. Yeah. And then I love, I love the film Blade Runner. And I have a Blade Runner baseball tee with Rachel on it. And it's fantastic. And I've had that man explained. I've also had people been like, points for the shirt. I'm like, shut up. What points? What I don't points? need points. I like me. I like points for the shirt. I would. Yeah, but it it was in a way like I hear you. Oh, you're a chick. Yeah. Okay. Points for you. Oh, you know what that is? Good job, (laughs) woman. Yeah. Okay, Okay, I get you. Yeah. It was like that. Like, because they were like, "Hey, points for the shirt." That's one thing, and not a snarky points for Rachel. Like, settle down. A little unofficial sponsor. You should check out check out this uh, fashion line. It's called Das Bootleg. Oh yeah, Das Bootleg is fantastic. My friend Kevin. You're the first person ever to know what I'm talking about. My friend Kevin has been buying their shirts for quite some time. He buys shirts. I'm I'm surprised I didn't wear one today. Me too. (laughs) So I love Das Bootleg because there's so many times I'm like, that's a Das Bootleg shirt. And he's like, yeah. Unofficial sponsor, Das Bootleg. 13.com I think it is. I have a giant, a shirt that just has a giant David just like, ah. Yeah. Big old boss. So many compliments on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. So, um, yeah, mansplaining. Mansplaining. Okay. The shirt I'm wearing is a chain reaction. Uh, Thank you. They have beer there now. <laughs> That's what I learned. I was like, we're, we <laughs> may have some cocktails. And then uh, Rob's wearing a chain reaction shirt. He's like, no, there's beer there now. I feel like Which going, I think should be their motto. I feel like chain going, reaction. There's, there's beer, beer now. there now. I feel like going to a punk rock show at chain reaction is already a death sentence. And so having beer get added in is terrifying. This room feels like chain reaction. It really does. It's really hot. Uh, as, it smells as far better, as though. like thank you it smells so much thank better. you as far as like mansplaining and toxic masculinity are concerned it's woven into purity culture in so many ways um, a lot of evangelical Christians uh, especially the mouthpieces of that movement are men 
What? I know. What? It's nuts. White, too. White men. Mm. Couple myths about purity culture. Losing your virginity before marriage means you're damaged goods. We've already dis- discussed yeah. this. The rose, the chewing gum, the tape, where you put the tape on people over and, and over again. And then it stew loses its stick. Fuck off. Losing... <laughs> You don't lose anything when you have sex for the first time. You gain sexual knowledge. Every time you have sex, you gain something. Whether it be a lesson, whether it be experience, whether it be something you liked or something you didn't like, nothing is lost when you engage in consensual sex between two people. There's nothing lost. But hopefully what you don't gain... Is an STI? Is an STI. Yes, fact. (laughs) (laughs) Women are inherently not as sexual as men. Get fucked. Shut up. Fuck you, man. I can come five times. You know how many times my husband can come? Twice, if he's lucky. I'm very jealous on that aspect. I bet. I'm glad I don't have a period, but damn, I wish I could come like five and ten. I don't know. Less sexual What's the record? I don't know. Get the fuck out of here. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Thank you very much. As a matter of fact, women- But we can pee stand up, so- Got you on that one. I could pee standing up. It just goes everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not as uh, clean. Streamy. Yeah. It's not as clean. It's not as directed. It's right. not as Touché. sure. It's Touché. not as a sure shot. Touche. It's not as Beastie Boys, but it's close. It's not as Beastie Boys. <laughs> Another uh, myth in purity culture is that women should never say no to sex with their husband. So basically saying marriage is a free pass for men to say, I want to fuck. And a woman just basically has to lay down and, and agree. Um, do you know that? Do you know that it's only been a few short decades since marital rape was outlawed? Actually, marital rape is not outlawed in all states. Right. So that's fantastic. That's news. fun. Um, and it's not outlawed in numerous religions, yeah. including Islam, yep. where a woman cannot say no to her husband, even if she is you know, having diarrhea on the toilet and, or, you know, in the middle of childbirth. It, you just can't say no. Or, you know, just in the middle of dinner or has a headache or doesn't feel like having fucking sex. But there are some laws in some states that do not outlaw. Um, in Ohio, I believe, if a woman is unconscious, a blowjob is not illegal because she can't say no. It's a fun fact for you. It- Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so know. One, she pointed at me. I don't okay. know what she wanted. One, I've got to back up to say, uh, of course, when it comes to because I do know folks that practice Islam and are amazing yeah. Muslims. This, not generalizing all, but no. you have to t- like. It's, there are people it's, that can take that to the extreme, it, just it, like there yeah. are people in any religion that's like, my wife is my property, oh, right? My God, but. When it comes to uh, the un- like, that's the thing I don't. And granted, uh, you're not in your right mind if you're doing that. But like, I how how is a blowjob from an unconscious woman enjoyable at all? I don't know because there's a lot of teeth, a lot of teeth, a lot of teeth. Also, there's no sucking. There's no. There's none of the sucking. There's no suction. I don't get it. Have you heard of a purity ball? No, that's... God damn it, let me tell let's you. Let's talk about... Wait, In, wait, 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 no. Do you want to guess? I have heard of a purity... So, me being very literal in many ways, when you said purity ball, I thought of an actual, like... No. Like, but no, no, no. Purity ball is where young women go with their fathers. Correct. 
to be shown how women should actually be treated by a man. Correct. Founded by evangelical Christian Randy Wilson and his wife, Lisa, in 1998, purity balls signify the importance of remaining pure until marriage. And young girls between the ages of eight... Eight. And 18. Eight. Don wedding gowns and exchange rings with their fathers, vowing to stay chaste and pure until marriage with their fathers. And then they have like dances and buffets like a wedding That's like the, an actual wedding that look face on your face is, is the, the right face that you should have i'm sorry he, the camera's not on he me looks like I'm, he's gonna I, vomit this, this yeah. sounds disgusting this further identifies and emphasizes the idea that women are property passed from fathers to husband on their wedding day and have zero autonomy. Additionally, many studies have shown that people who engage in purity balls have sex earlier and higher STD rates than those who do not. Despite the criticism, purity balls remain popular in conservative areas of the United States with advocacy groups like the Abstinence Clearinghouse selling tickets it's like the people that go by your house correct and you check checks big you checks heard and balloons. me oh okay selling tickets to purity balls around the nation where multiple fathers can come with their daughters and do mass ceremonies nope fuck that noise nope is there one for moms and sons nope no of course not of course not because when boys it's have called sex, the patriarchy when boys have sex at a younger age, they are seen as experienced and just boys being boys. Sorry, that sounds weird too. Sons well, and moms. And, and the thing is too is like... So does dads and daughters. Dads and daughters is horrifically That's confusing. Worse. God. And, weird. and sexualizing your daughter. Like, because when they're like, but they're not sexually, but you yes, are. Yes, you are. You are. Uh, because even the thing you're focused on not being, you're focused on. Correct. But also too, like... <sighs> And and this is one of the things that is very frustrating to me is that um, there are men who have experienced horrific abuse and sexual coercion coercion and rape and incest and molestation and all these things. And like I know someone who I love very dearly who was taken advantage by an taken advantage of by an older woman in his church. Oh, wow. And uh, well before he was ever ready to have sex with anybody. Oh, and that it was seen as like, oh, of course, isn't that every dude's dream? And he's like, no, it was horrifying and traumatic and it was awful for me. Yeah. But again, it's these stories around what men are supposed to want. Right. What, what cisgendered heterosexual men are supposed to want, which we're in a heteronormative society. Correct. We reinforce gendered ideas of what men should be and women should be and we love america loves the gender binary oh we do i love everyone who's fighting against we that we love so much. to categorize we do we do it's we, our favorite thing as human beings is to categorize and we pure love, not pure and virgin we, not virgin well and that's the thing that, male female you know talking about purity culture as far as Sorry, Rob, I'm making so many noises right now. You're um, okay. Fired up. <laughs> just flipped the table. Uh, just like, ah! Oh! And they're like, what was that? I'm like, Darcy got real mad and flipped the table. Watch the YouTube video. Um, You'll see. But is also, and it's one of the terms 
one of the phrases that cuts to my soul and makes me more angry than anything else in purity culture is the idea of I was guarding her heart. Oh my Which God. is this weird uh, toxic purity dibs mm-hmm. where guys don't have to be intentional with women. Right. They can say, well, I'm guarding her heart to another man. Basically like, I'm interested, but I don't know. I'm putting dibs. I'm putting dibs. What I, I don't know what that. I want to do yet, right. but I don't want you to do anything. Right. So I'm telling you I'm guarding her heart, which it's like, you don't get to make that choice. No. You don't get to make that choice. And no one gets to make your sexual choices for you. When you are in a space where like, I cannot tell you how much I would have loved in my early dating days for a man to actually just ask me on a date directly. But being in the church for so much of that, it was like, well, do you want to go get coffee? Right. Do you want to just hang out? Right. It was like Netflix and chill without the chill. Without the Netflix. Without, I mean, yeah, I mean, without any, like, because it was like, well, I just, you know, we should get to know each other. We should pray together. Again, these intimacies that draw people together without actually getting to know right. one another. All you're getting to know is the religion side, the purity side, and no one's getting to know anything intimate about Or you. what you're, and, and not, and I have friends that have had fantastic marriages. Sure. And they were products of that fantastic and they're still married and 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 great but it is not a it is definitely not a one size fits all no and it's definitely not a it's definitely not something you want to do by the book that is not that is not the recipe for a good marriage and those people who have those good marriages are fucking outliers i think yeah it's an anomaly and i think that when you look at like for myself, feeling for so many years in those communities that I was damaged or less than. Right. Because I couldn't I couldn't even tell people. The amount of abuse that you're willing to take when you feel like in your community, whether it be the religious community or your social community or your family community, if you are constantly told that you are less than, your opinion is less than, your pleasure is less than, oh, yeah. your hormones are less than, what you're willing to take as far as abuse increases every time you are told you are less than and so there is so much more abuse being doled out onto these women who are entrenched in purity culture than we have any fucking way to to recognize we don't even have a way to quantify the abuse that these people are suffering well and i think one of the things and when i say the church i'm talking about the gen the larger general church is the church does not know how to deal with abuse survivors no at all and i think about because they caused the abuse and that would mean they'd have to take accountability for the abuse that they have endured on other people and to be fair like my abuse was not a result of church but a little bit i mean the the guy that i was dating that was the sexually abusive one was not tied to church but do you not think that the ideals that were forced on your on you may have played a role in why you stayed in the relationship Hmm. I mean, sure. I, I know what you're saying because it was like I was being hurt and I couldn't tell anyone about it. Right. Because I wasn't you supposed didn't wanna, to be doing that. Because you weren't supposed to be doing that. But then when I was hurting and trying to figure out how to navigate this, there was nobody to talk to because you weren't supposed to be doing that. Right. And when I, when I see it, 
I get very angry when I see people that are rape survivors, incest survivors, trafficking survivors, all these things, where there's then this talk of this second virginity. You oh can have a God. second virginity. A born can, again virgin. Like that kind of stuff because it's like, it's it's what people You can did. regrow your hymen for nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, but what these people what these people endured was not their fault. And then to have to put this caveat of, well, we can make you clean again. Imagine, uh, imagine being the victim of sexual assault or rape or human trafficking and hearing the idea that every time you have sex with someone, you're a piece of gum, you're a piece of tape, you're a rose that gets a, a leaf torn off and you are less than with each time and knowing you didn't do this, you didn't ask for this, but because you have endured this sexual assault, be it complex and longitudinal or be it a one-time thing to think that you have any sort of ownership of that shame because you had sex with someone you are less sticky or less beautiful or less dateable that's fucked up yeah the mental anguish that that causes the mental fucking anguish that purity culture forces down the throat of religious and non-religious girls alike, because this purity culture is being forced down the throat of anyone who has to sit through abstinence only curriculum. Oh, yeah. that's what purity culture is. Yeah. I will wait. And I sat through it in California. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I mean, and that, and that's, you know, that I'm fortunate that I had, you know, actual sex ed in schools. But like my mom, bless my mom, my mom never had a sex talk with me. Right. My mom's, the extent of my mom's sex talk was, if you need birth control, I'll get it for you. Great. Like that was it. Thanks. So there was no like healthy conversation around. About consent. About consent, about what those things should look like. Pleasure. And then my friend at the time was very like trying to be the girl who is younger, but trying to be older. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost viewed like having sex the first time was almost viewed as like something to get over with. Okay. You know, which also not good. No. But then like dealing with that, then a month later, like here we are in church. <laughs> oh shit. Oh no. Oh, I, if only, and I can remember Ash for years going, if only I had come to church a few months sooner. Oh, God. Only, I could have only. been saved. I could have been saved sooner. Oh. Yeah. Nightmare. Nightmares. Nightmare. The trauma that we endure from toxic purity culture is, is deep and is real. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience and talking about this with us. Um, I hope that, if anything, people take from this maybe an idea that they can go to someone maybe who's younger, maybe somebody who's a teenager, maybe somebody who is uh, experiencing this exposure to church. Because like you said, sometimes when you live in a household that there isn't church, we get taken to church and we get exposed to other people's ideas about church. Maybe you can be that voice that says, hey, not everything you learn in church is accurate. Um, your pleasure is your own. Your consent is your own. Women are not responsible, A, for the pleasure of anyone, B, for the morality of anyone, or C, for upholding the ideals and beliefs of an entire religion. Toxic purity culture is the idea that women have to be the Virgin Mary, who isn't real. 
have to be this woman who is submissive to her husband, which also isn't real because not every woman wants a husband. No. And upholds these ideals that virginity is the ultimate goal to be chaste, to be virgin-like, to be pure. And virginity in and of itself is a social construct that we've created. It's not a thing. It's awful. So thank you so much for, for being here to discuss toxic purity culture and what it means to have uh, a little bit of, of insight into that world, um, into the ideas of the abuses that, that take place within the church, within our families. Um, you want to plug anything before we go? Sure. Uh, if folks want to find me on social media, uh, they can find the Mysteries Dakota podcast. If you want to talk about paranormal and not toxic purity culture, if you want to talk about ghosts and weird stuff, Mysteries Decoded podcast on all uh, podcast platforms. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what happened there. This is the church coming after me. I know, uh, right? No. Uh, and then if you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Darcy Staniforth, D-A-R-C-Y-S-T-A-N-I-F-O-R-T-H. I did tag you in today's reel so people can find you by going to the reel today. Fantastic. And uh, clicking the little thing and seeing. Little thing. And I'll make sure to tag you when we do a reel about this episode as well. Absolutely. Um, make sure you go and check out Haunted OC as well. Yeah, Kellogg House, that's the tour. We've got da- more. We do them all year long. Yeah. So we've got dates. Come oh, we say are hi. coming up to Halloween I'm my time. Mom. My mom. I'm taking oh, my mom. You should. Take awesome. Your mom. For a thousand percent yeah. sure you should take your mom. Uh, make sure that uh, you are keeping yourself, you know, understanding what a social construct is, understanding what your responsibility is as a human, not taking upon the burdens of uh, individuals, not taking on the burdens of an entire religion, knowing that you're sexuality your pleasure and your consent is yours and belongs to no one else um there are people in this country who don't understand this so expressing this to other people and spreading the word about um being sexually autonomous is very very important and sex education above all is one of the most important things that we can give to individuals to shut down things like toxic purity or pure toxic purity culture. Um, thank you for sharing this with me. You're welcome. Come Thanks back. for having me on. Join us again. I'd love to. I'll you, come back. You want to do it in like five minutes? Sure. Let's do it. Fantastic. <laughs> Make sure you check us out at What's Your Position Podcast on Instagram. Give us a call at 513-696-SEX if you have questions about, you know, virginity um, or anything really related to sex and relationships we'd love to have you on air please make sure you check out our YouTube channel Woo! brand new for season three check out what's your position podcast on YouTube watch us do this live but above all I want you to stay safe stay kind and stay sexy What's Your Position podcast represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of error. 
Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy.